Welcome to the Brian Piergrossi Podcast, the podcast community for living your best life and creating a more beautiful world. Each episode, we inquire into the frontiers of inner peace, love, freedom, creativity, and empowerment with authors, artists, musicians, healers, spiritual teachers, yogis, activists, revolutionaries, entrepreneurs, comedians, scientists, psychologists, poets, mystics, and you. These conversations are unedited and always 100% authentic to how they happened. I'm your host, personal coach and author Brian Piergrossi. I've worked for over 13 years with thousands of people around the world to break through unconscious limiting belief systems and bring healing, transformation, and inspired manifestation to those who are ready and interested. For online personal sessions with me or in-person sessions with me in the magic of the Blue Ridge Mountains of Asheville, North Carolina, contact me at thebigglow.com. The sponsor of this podcast is you. If you appreciate our community, become a patron supporter at patreon.com slash the big glow. Welcome everybody to the Brian Piergrossi podcast. That's me, Brian Piergrossi with Maria Stark. Hi, Maria. Hi, Brian. <laughs> so I, rec- I, I messaged you and I, was, I told you that I have this really old video. I think it's from like 2008, maybe. Ooh. Um, maybe even <laughs> earlier. And um, you were in Las Vegas. I was in Las Vegas. And I was doing this event. It was at a house. It was like a house gathering, house workshop thing. Mm-hmm. We called it the Big Glow in Las Vegas. And uh, you came in like halfway through and you had like these glasses, uh, these gla- kind of like, like a, it looked kind of like at that time, like, like a librarian, you had those, those glasses on and uh-huh. you came, <laughs> you came in and, uh, and uh, so I was like, just get a place in music. I'm like, okay. And you just took out your acoustic guitar and just started like whipping out these like amazing lyrics and um, it was awesome. So that was my first connection to you. Um, that was like I said, at least twelve years ago. My name yeah, that was two thousand and eight. That yeah. was when I, I was in Las Vegas for six months in two thousand and eight. I was I had actually just graduated college and I was doing my music therapy internship in Las Vegas. Did you go to UNLV or something? No, I went to Chapman University, but the mm-hmm. program um, my internship director had had an amazing music therapy program in Vegas, which served a mm-hmm. lot of different kind of communities. And so mm-hmm. I moved out there for that internship so I could get the kind of wide mm-hmm. range of experience that that provided. It's an interesting place, right? Las Vegas. Las Vegas is very interesting. <laughs> I, I, you know, I actually, fun fact, I recorded Lineage when I was in Las Vegas. Okay. I kind of, I went there and I had spontaneously my partner had set up a super dope spot for us to stay. And I, I went into like eight, eight days offline to just bust out lineage. And it happened in Las Vegas. It was like a return to, to that town. 
And Vegas is super trippy. You know, I love the Red Rocks. It's definitely mm-hmm. one of the, yeah. has like a mystical gl- glory to it. But the town itself is full of mischief and, and ghosts and weirdness. Yeah. I think people, <laughs> that, people that aren't familiar with the area don't realize the, the, the nature that's around there that you can access so easily. Mm-hmm. It's like once you leave the city, like that's it for like hundreds of miles in every, every direction. And you, you get, there is some areas you can get a little bit of green, not too much, but you can get a little bit up in those mountains. Like it's Mount Charleston. Right. There's the Red it's Rocks and there's the so desert. beautiful. Yeah. But I found the people were, were interesting. Like it, it was beyond what I expected because you, you do have a lot of creative people because you have those casinos. So you have mm-hmm. like, you know, jugglers and magicians and, musicians and dancers and all kinds of mm-hmm. interesting people I would run into and connect with there it was it was a fascinating place I remember yeah there like the the way that I connected I think probably to your community was through the first Friday art scene and I met a woman who introduced me to the like love and light hippie community and <laughs> creative healing arts community in Vegas and it was trippy. They were putting on events. I mean, it felt very familiar to me. I'm like, oh, we did this in California. Yeah. It is in Las Vegas. Yeah. I was super young, just out of college. And I was, it was like a, a pleasant surprise to meet yeah. folks that were into the stuff I was into. <laughs> there was something really cool happening at that time. And it's kind of, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, as, as happens in life, this sort of something happened where it didn't exist anymore, like maybe six months or a year after that. But there was this cool convergence of people that happened. I was just passing through too, but I ended up being there, I think, for not as long as you, but maybe like a month or two or something. Right on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I first became aware of you then. And so then I was, and like I said, you just out of college and I sort of was able to kind of like follow your evolution from then and, and like to see, you know, everything that you moved through. And um, yeah, it's been awesome. To, to just see, you know, the things that you move through and you're open to and um, really just, how do you, like, let's say someone's listening to this and they're sort of, they want to be a musical artist, but they're kind of like, maybe they have some fear or they're not quite sure, like, am I good enough? Or, mm. you know, maybe there's some self-worth issues, you know, they're kind of young, maybe they're like the age you were at that yeah. time. Because I felt, it's from the outside, it seems like you just had a lot of confidence to just kind of, put yourself out there and was that like your internal experience or what, how, um, how do you get to that space? Yeah you know it's funny to to think about it I still wrestle with the voices the voices that are not mine you know the voices that we acquire through a life that kind of come in to interject their opinions on the matter and I think creative process is married in some way to navigating those voices. So for me, I think how I dealt with those voices was I brought them into my creative process. Like they didn't get to, they didn't get to escape and they didn't stop me from creating. They were just part of what we created with. So, cause it's that thing. It's like, oh wow, someone wants to be a musical artist, but they have fear. I think like I, I both felt the, the one inside of me who was like, I'm meant to do this. This is my charge for life. This is what I came here. And all of the voices were like, this is the hardest thing ever. I'm never going to be able to thrive. And I think 
exploring the paradox of how both of those things can live inside of the one human psyche became really interesting to me as a, an, an author. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I'm not just one, I'm not just this thing that's this like urgency towards creative expression. I'm also this thing of like identity and fear and other voices that aren't mine. And so I feel like I just took them to the creative temple and was like, what do I do with all this shit? And we've just been working it out ever since. I love that. It's like taking the fear or taking like what could be called like the shadow and like actually making it the fuel for your art. Yeah. And like exploring shadow, right? Like exploring it inside of a container of creativity. So I just wrote songs about, about everything, about whatever I was going through, whatever I was feeling. And if, if certain parts of me weren't getting written about, I would ask them why, or I'd just journal a lot, you know, it's like they, and I also like, I had to do it in order to survive. Like creativity wasn't an option for me. It was um, like an intense drive that, and, and so being with the fear just came along with the process. Like there wasn't overwriting it or escaping it or outgrowing it. I mean, I think I've gone through stages of, of overcoming certain kinds of fear, but then for me, I mean, new fears arise and like new existential paradoxes came to surface that were beyond like whether or not I should do this or whether or not I'm worthy to do that. Like those questions transformed into bigger fears like what are we mm-hmm. doing on planet earth you know like yeah, sure. are we going to survive the century <laughs> there's a lot of that in the air right now yeah but then but then you put that into your music right yeah it all goes in mm-hmm. it's just like for me music has become the alchemical cauldron where i get to just stir mm-hmm. with with the stirrings, you know, what do I feel? What do I think? What do I believe? What parts of me are discordant with each other? What do they have to say? Why, where did they learn those things? It, it all becomes fodder, I think, for personal growth and transformation. And I think for me as an artist, it's always been about self-discovery. It's always like, wow, how much of myself can I get to know through the mirror of writing music? It's like a practice of self and self-awareness. Yeah, it's like a, definitely like a one of the one of the great alchemical mirrors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one of the things that stands out to me about you too is, to me, it's like music is just one component of your creativity. And to me, it's like everything you do is creative. Is like this creative. Mm-hmm. Like I call it being a life artist. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like the sense of like. Bringing, you're bringing that creativity into everything. So, for example, like, there's the music, but then there's the writing, which is, like, this, mm-hmm. like, basically, like, this beautiful poetry that goes into your music. And the music is really creative, too. It's, like, you know, it's, like, as I was thinking, feeling into, like, what would I even say your genre is? You know, it's, like, it's, it feels like it's just uniquely you, right? <laughs> it's just the unique expression of what you are, which is, which is really inspiring like there's there's not many artists that i tune into where it's like they're not trying to fit some box they're just really being what's authentic to them Mm. and the style can be different depending on this particular song Mm. what's coming through in the song and so but then your your visual like your your um your photography your your kind of videos or your film expression the films and videos that you do your um 
outfits, right? So it's like, this is, it feels like there's like a creativity and like, it's not just this one thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's this creativity in like all these different um, expressions of yourself that you find the vehicles to, to create and express yourself through. Yeah, I mean, I think we have, we just have so many options. And I, I think part of that's due to the like nature of having grown up and being immersed in multimedia. I was like, oh, it's all, it's all available to Brit, Brit, you know, like share the inner world with, and, and so I love to, I love discovering more. I feel like I'm getting to know more, more of myself as an artist through exploring the different mediums and then finding how they can all come together to, to tell a good story or to just Mm -hmm. demonstrate something that was evocative for me and took me on a ride. And then I get Mm -hmm. to share that ride. I went on with other people. Yeah. Following you on Instagram, you share some stunning visuals, like just some stunning, you know, photographic creations. And um, it's almost like, it's like, it's like you're creating like a different world. That's what I feel like with your music, like I I listen to your music or your visuals or whatever you're expressing. It's like, it's like a different world or dimension that someone's being invited to like, to step into. Is that how you kind of feel it? Or how would you I'd say right. that's, that's kind of part of it. I think building world building is sort of one of the fun ways that we can use light and shape and organization of pixels. So it's like, oh, here's a whole realm. And then we can go enter the realm and sort of have an experience of reflection or reflection with, you know, how I'm, you know, broadcasting the realm. And, and yeah, it's for me, it's like a, in, as I'm inside of it, it's like, how, how do I access different like ranges of frequency? You know, it's like, oh, wow, this is like the frequency of the, the strange elf land. Okay, like, who am I inside of that? How can mm-hmm. I play inside of this archi- architecture of character and, and be like, oh, that was fun. Cool. Here you go. <laughs> like, what else is, you know, I think growing up in the theater too, like character development and, and just feeling characters sort of jump out from from the dreams that want to come play and like and then I get to say well why did she want to come play like who do I get to be in relationship to these different characters what part of me do I get to access and have an experience of um, directly and then have like a, a feedback expression of how other people relate to that frequency it's really fun like it's just kind of been a discovery process of how I relate to parts like characters as archetypes and then how other people relate to them and, and seeing what gets evoked in a, in a space when certain frequencies get, have a voice or have a visual presence. And and then they're like, it occupies that. Yeah. Spirit of something. And it like, it does feel like it kind of pops in from another dimension from like a dream dimension with a little visitation and has a little poem that it wants to share. And, and there, you know, and it's like, that's enough. Like it's, it's like, Oh, well, why do we do it? It's like, well, why, why not? You know, it's <laughs> if, if we can bridge these, these places inside of us that do want to just share a little bit of themselves and we can make space for them. It, it creates, more it's like a nice fun texture to play inside of <laughs> there's something there's something really liberating about what you're saying though because I, I was like feeling to this today about like cause and effect mm. and there's kind of like this 
from this awakening consciousness, it's like, well, there's only now. Mm. Right? There's only ever now. It's like we're in the timeless now. And so it's sort of like, well, then here's what's coming through me. Here's, here's what this is right now. It doesn't have to have a, a cause or have a, a reason to be an effect for something else. It just is what it is. This is, this is the world that I'm creating because that's what's coming through me and expressing mm-hmm. it. And like when I like, cause I was listening to your, um, your lyrics and you know, not that this is unique, other, there's other great poetry where it's like, I don't really know what she's talking about, you know? Like it doesn't really make sense, but you feel it. You feel the truth of it deeper than, than the mind. You feel it like in your heart and your soul and your essence, mm. you know, we can, you know, some of Rumi's great poems or other great poets, it's the same thing. It's like, it doesn't, it's not like, it, it's not non-linear. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm. It's, it's, it's not following this linear. Okay. This goes to this goes to this. It's just this like opening to some essence that's here. And it's like a portal you're invited into and you can, feel it deeper than the mind. And I think we're, we're in an era right now where we can be so in our heads, you know, uh-huh. that anything that kind of gets us deeper than just the surface <laughs> level of the mind is, is really liberating. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. I think like the play, like play with nonlinear and the play with that's the cool thing. Like you're saying, Oh, there's this thing that you can feel. Cause sometimes I write things. I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's like tumbles through and it feels good. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this feels good. It tumbles through. And then like later I'll reflect and, and I'll sort of grok some pieces of meaning that, that arise for me and it changes depending on the mood I'm in. Um, and then like their story art, sometimes whole stories will pop through these very, ambiguous lyrical structures i'm like great that's what i was trying to carve out with words um and i like the the it's one of the things i love about poetry is that it it does access something beyond the meaning maker where it like there's a knowingness but it it, there and there's some ways that words kind of can unlock parts of ourselves because it sneaks around the syntax we're anticipating hearing and it kind of rearranges how we're seeing the frame for a moment to just have this like, ah, like kind of this sense of, of champagne or like this bubbly nuance of a frequency that feels like essence. And I think that that's a really beautiful word. That's a word I really love to be in connection with when I'm writing. And it's something I'm always striving for, I think, or not striving, but it's one of the things that's trying to coax me out of my, you know, shell of self, like, oh, this sort of infatuation with essence, you know, and what is essence beyond the labels or the, the meaning that I've acquired for it? Is there something beyond that, that, that music and the arts can, can take me through because it's riding on a different energy that's beyond the mind. Yeah, and I, I can definitely feel from listening to your music and your expression that you're rooted in this, you can call it different things, but there's some sort of spiritual awakening that you've had or you've experienced or you've tapped into these deeper truths mm-hmm. that you're, is, source, is, is the source of where your, your creativity and your art is, is coming from. Um, I'd love to hear like just a little bit about what that journey is or anything like that's kind of stood out, any books or any teachers or things that stood out to you or experiences that you had that, that opened you that on the, on the path? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been so many. I, yeah. The path is such a funny word. I mean, it is, it's a path, I think of becoming human. Right. And it's, there are, there are particular moments that can stand out, especially if we have 
ex like sudden experiences where suddenly life force energy is gripping us and and this idea of who we thought we were suddenly falls away and now we're like in this like wild sort of thrashing realm of understanding like seeing between the veils and then trying to make put ourselves back together to function in the world to like tell people the good news that it's all an illusion and it's you know connected <laughs> right. to love and so i've had a number of experiences like that um which you know some people call that like a kundalini experience um, I, th I thought I was going crazy um, and I've had a few of those and luckily I had some great guides in my life that were like no this is an experience that happens and it's energy that's at the base of your spine and sometimes spontaneously it'll just open up congratulations it's a present um, and then sometimes it'll happen through a lot of like yoga practice or meditation practice. So I did have like a spontaneous Kundalini awakening when I was a younger person at probably 18 or 19. Um, and it was, it catalyzed, a, a dissolving of the self, so to speak. I mean, I definitely thought I was losing my mind for a while and those who loved me and were close to me probably did too. We've all had a good laugh about it now. Um, but it was, it was a it was a wild and rich time because it was it was almost like taking hallucinogenics. So it's like the fabric of reality was just melting away, and all of a sudden, the the face of divine that was the unnameable divine was starting to show itself everywhere. And there's this like homecoming to this like thing that no one was talking about when I was a kid that I like felt was like always going to be there, and it was like something more magical going on than anyone's kind of pointing to and feeling crazy and alone. And then suddenly it's like, oh, these epiphany moments where like the whole universe is speaking to you through everything. And you start having meeting people who are like, have those same experiences. So we're like, oh, we're not crazy. And then people start putting language on it. Like, oh, we're star seeds and we've come to the earth to activate the galactic frequencies of law. And I'm like, sure, you know, that sounds good. It's like, give me a myth to cling on to. I'll, I'll take the star seed mythos, no problem. And then, um, yeah, I think it's been just an ongoing journey of excavating uh, the personal mythology, learning about other mythology, understanding how energy runs through the body has been really helpful. I studied some Qigong and medical Qigong, and that really helped me kind of get a, get a grip on, on how to work with multidimensional perception, um, which is like this sort of nonlinear experience of like, wow, if we're doing quantum healing work in this time, we can actually change how we're relating to the past and actually draw that energy, emotional energy that's trapped there. And we can actually heal from injuries and we can actually form a whole new identity because we're not, we're no longer being informed by things that happen to us in a way that it would hold us back in time, but we're actually getting all of our energy back and getting to discover more of who we really are as human beings. And I think that that's what those energies are really cool for, you know, like having, and I think that's why people get into, Oh, I want to do Kundalini processes because they, they call it like these awakening processes, but it's really my experience, you know, which is limited. It's, it's a process of retrieving our essence you know there's that word again it's calling back our essence from all the places that we've like 
leaked it out or, or thought that we were something else or like formed little identity threads in things that happened to us in the past. And these like awakening happens kind of like shuck off all of these identity skins, like old skins are just like, oh, now, and then we have to meet kind of reality in a new way. And, and we get a little bit more agency of how we get to decide how we get to show up for, form new values. And so those are some of the things that I experienced just like learning about energy, getting congruent with myself, doing, you know, trauma healing work and, and learning how to access more life force energy and then, and then direct that to creative process. Well, that was an amazing answer. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> like, wow. Um, but you mentioned something I was, I was about to ask you, multidimensionality, being multidimensional. Oh, Yeah. So, so you already answered part of the question. It was, I was, I was feeling like you're multidimensional, like you move through different dimensions. So you can talk about that. But the thing that I'm interested in is I've worked with um, clients that are multidimensional and a lot of times people are multidimensional. It's great that they're traveling these different dimensions, but then they can have a hard time like integrating and like grounding in this one, like the human one. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, the, if that's something that you've experienced or if that's been like a I challenge. I definitely or... experienced that. I mean, I think this word multidimensional, it's super sexy for, the, for us 5D folk. <laughs> um, it's, a hot, it's a hot word. It's a hot word in the galactic rainbow tribe, multidimensional. And what I would say for the experience of, of being this like galactic trackers and tracking wide view of things and like the nuances of all of these layers of consciousness at the outer edges of the things and the secret coves and the things um that that's like a really powerful strategy at least one of the frames that i work with is that that is a a result of a, a survival strategy that is um it's like a personality skill and like an energetic skill that one might develop if they have certain kinds of trauma early on in their lives um, that make the body not a totally fun, safe, and habitable place. And so that there's like a development of all of these other mystical Jedi powers of like seeing the great galactic magic, but the body hasn't caught up to all of the wisdom yet. And so what I've experienced in that with myself, because I, I have a temp, I have an imprint for that style of, um projecting out and like tracking other things but like kind of being frozen in the in the body is I just got a lot of really amazing therapy <laughs> around it and 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 I learned you know the the frame like certain frames around um personality types that are based on different kinds of trauma patterns and so I did some trauma therapy I'm still doing it and we're just sort of re-teaching the body that it's delicious to be here and and it's safer to be here and I think the more that I do that the more I have an experience of having a beautiful uh, place for those parts of me that have developed all of these skills to like come and, and have a place to inhabit and then I don't feel like I'm traveling out in the same way that um that I have in the past when I wasn't totally clear on it being a safe place to be in the body. Mm -hmm. And 
let's talk about so this this creativity this can tie into your you know you have the online course coming up so one of the big questions i have is where the 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 songs let's just start with the songs sure where do they come from right that's that's kind of like the big the big question like where do they come Woo! from how do you, how do we access this kind of creativity you know I know um, you know, where do your thought? Where do our thoughts come from? Where do our thoughts come from? Where do our thoughts come from? Luckily, I'm the one answer, asking the questions right now. I know. Where do our thoughts come from? Where does the idea that I should go downstairs and do the laundry come mm -hmm. from? Where does the idea of like oh, what I want to make for dinner come from? Where does all this come from? Who knows? It's pretty mysterious. It's like, is it a result of all of our previous frames? Is there just a spontaneous? creation happening is there like a mythic realm where muses come with fully formed song babies to find the right instrument that's open enough to receive them and spit them over there you know i think all of these are possible i've had experiences of of like the more sci-fi version of it <laughs> and i've had the experience of a version of just working hard on doing the thing that I love um, and I've had songs come all the way in between and so I don't know if I'll ever be able to answer that question with a straight face I think I can only poetically muse about it as if it was this like great unanswerable question that I get to spend the rest of my life delighting in trying to figure out or writing about and and never having the right answer but all of them being like it's not matter it's like it all of the answers get to be this bouquet of of beauty mm -hmm. that we all just get to like yeah awesome sure the song came from that how fun but some artists will say like oh i was just you know sitting sitting there and the whole song just like appeared but kind of like you were you mentioned one of those are the one, those are one of the options like it just this song just was right there it was just like i heard the whole thing and here it mm -hmm. is and then other artists i've heard say like they're working really hard at the song. They'll get like a little, like maybe a line or they'll get a little thing and maybe it takes a couple of years to like get the whole thing to fit together and piece together. And so do you find like it's sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other or it's a combination of the two? I think or, it's all of them. You know, I think from my experience as a songwriter, um, there are some songs that just come as this like a gift, almost like a lucid dream. And it yeah. was just like, oh, what a, what a blessing. And then there's other times where I'm just like, I'm working, I'm doing my due diligence to write music and mm -hmm. I'm kind of chasing and they're all different. It really, it's like each one of them has a different quality and I think, my, you know, my job as a writer is just to keep writing, to keep showing up. And some muses are going to be harder to wrestle with. And some, some of them are going to, they're going to just come and like lightning strike you. And I, I, I think about it all the time because I, I think consciousness and how, how the like, what I'm going to call the creative life force that runs through all things. I think that there is this, thing that is constantly moving forward through us it's like learning like moving us towards greater realization all of us all, every living form and so and i think that that we experience it as epiphany as idea and like is it is it just like we have really great software to then suddenly the conditions are right and the creative life force moves through us and then like the epiphany forms as a result of just consciousness evolving. And I think one of the ways that it does that is through artistic 
ingenuity or artistic inspiration. It's like one of the expressions of consciousness just continuing to go further in, in whatever path of expansion that it's on. And like, I get to be on the ride in collaboration with as someone who gets to reflect on this crazy process of incarnation. And is there a way to help make the conditions right? I'm definitely. I think that that's one of the sort of, <clears throat> that's like the job of an artist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's their actual job. The job mm -hmm. isn't to be a, like, the job isn't to have great ideas. The job of an artist is to create the conditions that a great idea would rise. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of ways to do that. Everyone certainly is different in their creative process, but I definitely have things that I love to do that really help me out for, for creating conditions, you know, great mm -hmm. sleep will do it sometimes like good nice. food, rest, but all of these things aren't, aren't devastating. I've, I've had terrible rest and like terrible food and have been terribly confused about where I was going to live or what relationship I was going to be in. And I, I made great art during those times too. So it's not a, it's not a cut all, but I think in this stage of my life, because if I'm in a flow and I really want to produce as much art as possible. Um, so for me to stay in a consistent level of like, um, it's like, I'm, I'm like in a marathon experience in staying with energy of life force as it sort of like rattles inside of me those that takes it's it now is a discipline it's like a yoga practice it's a thing I have to do every day even when I don't want to I'm even when I don't want to show up for whatever um you know rehearsal I have or whatever I'm tired it's like I show up into the mat and then like I'm having a great time and then I'm so glad I did it and I was like oh it's awesome you know it's like it's just becomes part of the lifestyle like I have now organized my whole life to do this thing that I'm committed to. And, um, and it's, yeah, it all kind of keeps me on, on track, but there, there are a lot of conditions that I'm, that I have. It's like, you ha if you're going to be hired by the muse to do her bidding, like you have to kind of do, <laughs> there's, there's just things that come with the job description. <laughs> Is, um, is meditation or mindfulness practices, is that a, a component for you? Definitely. Yeah. Meditation and mindfulness practice is a big component for me. Um, and right now body movement has become another part of keeping a balanced flow. And, oh, you know, I'd say a lot of the conditions that help me stay really in the flow of creativity is just, is having relationships that are really healthy like not yeah. and not having too many um, things that are tugging on on my psyche and like I think the term is like, energy vampires. Yeah, and like energy vampires can can show up in the form of people or projects right. or right. ideas right. or habits uh, mm. or media or how I'm relating mm. to yeah. different like you know collective yeah. dramas like those yeah. all can occupy <clears throat> ranges inside of my consciousness that are going to pull on my attention because there's problems that want solutions. And like, I'm one who's like, Oh, I can create solutions. I can create solutions. But if I'm like constantly creating solutions for all this stuff, 
then I have less energy to, to problem solve around like, wow, how am I going to make this cord really the right thing? So it's, I think all of the energy that one could expend in life, just like using the gene parts of our brain that are going to be like turning things in solutions. We, I think we just have to be deliberate if we're going to be an artist and committed to artists that we just know like, wow, there's going to be so many things that want that quality of presence and problem solving and creativity. And we have to be deliberate as to what we say yes to and what we say no to. So as an artist, I have increasingly stronger boundaries around what I'm saying yes to and engaging with, of my time and energy, just because I really out of selfishness, I want to create as much as possible. And so I, I just, I make less time for shit that isn't that. I think that's a great point. I mean, I feel like the most important thing we have is our attention, right? And like a lot of things are pulling out our attention. And I think, yeah, to be deliberate with our attention and to have, you know, it feels to me like you have like, this is like, you, you feel clear inside that this is your purpose. This is your Dharma. This is why you're here. And so totally. you want to give your attention to it and not be distracted. And the media, I think is a big one that is a big, you know, I think people feel like they have some kind of obligation or they're supposed to, or it's their job to like t tune into every single media thing that's coming in. It's like, and they get really work, worked up and spun out. And it's like, you don't have to, you know, you can turn, tune it out for a couple of days or a week or, <laughs> or a year or whatever you want. It's your life, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome advice. Yeah, I imagine related to that is who you are choosing to spend your time with, who you're choosing to give your time to. Like you're probably giving, you're probably choosing to give your time to people who are also creative, who are also at least supportive of your creativity and are on this kind of, path of exploring the muse with you totally i'd say most of my close connections are people who i'm like actively in co-creation with um because it's and it, you know because i you know they're all really good friends of mine and we bonded over our mutual love of creativity and then we're creating together and now we have these like friendship gardens that we get to tend to and like play mm -hmm. together and and that's, I'd say most of my, most of my close, close kin are in, mm -hmm. are in that. Yeah, I think I've seen you co-creating right. with Elijah Ray and Rising Up Alicia and a couple other people that I know that are really on this kind of conscious musical path. Yeah, like those you. are all beautiful, beautiful kin. Yeah, Elijah and I just ran two awesome online classes for vocal core resonance where we, <clears throat> taught about how to work with the voice in some of these multi-dimensional magical ways to create containment and be able to like gather as much of our energy to focus on creative mm -hmm. process and open our voice open our truth like be more in the body so a lot of the stuff that we've just talked about we we teach in our online class and i saw you were on um ig live with my friend truth eye who's in Asheville. also truth eye, <laughs> old, old friend he knew me back in the in the my Calif college days you know Cal truth eye. Is it california yeah in california yeah, he, yeah. he knew i knew truth eye since before you and i met yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun how these things like they spiral and they come back around and the vibration is aligned you keep connecting totally yeah yeah um what about like, because I noticed all these things that you're saying to me, they're like living like a, like a healthy, holistic life, you know, just being like really clean and clear inside. But I totally resonate with that. One of the things that I hear people thinking that they need to be creative is like some sort of substance. 
um, outside themselves. And it could be different things. It could be mushrooms or psychedelics or marijuana or alcohol or whatever. There's a whole variety of different options. There's a whole menu of options these days. Mm -hmm. um, but you didn't say anything. You didn't, you didn't mention any of those things. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, is that necessary? Um, or is that something that's like required or is it not required or is it helpful or? I mean, you know, I, I can, I can see the role that catalysts for state changing can play a role for a lot of people getting out of their own way. Um, and I've seen, you know, we've seen it throughout history. People are taking psychedelics to like have a vision of the muse or of God or of the universe. And, and then they come back with all this information to, to create from. And some people have that state change experience through drinking and like taking off the edge of the stress so they can just like be in the flow or with pot. And, and you know, <clears throat> um, I had a personal I made a personal decision uh, as a younger person to, to suspend my depend, like my relationship on catalysts for creative energy. Cause I had been smoking a lot of pot and I was just depressed. It wasn't, it wasn't serving my path anymore. It was definitely like a crutch to manage trauma and emotional suffering and so I think when I started studying energetic medicine and looking at the layers of my own psyche and, and, and emotional processes, I made a decision to just stop, you know, and so because I wanted to feel and those things t sometimes can be have a numbing effect where we're not actually feeling which um, for some people can help them create and it just ha it depends on the person. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for for catalyst free creative adventures. Um, and again, everyone has their own relationship and path. And I think there's a time and place for everything, but I've, I've definitely had a lot of experience finding creative pathways inside of myself without the use of a uh, external catalyst. And I think that, um, so I, I have discovered that it's not necessary. So is it, do we need it? No, we don't need it. Absolutely not. Um, can it be helpful? I think for some people in some moments, totally. And it have I, you know, when I stopped smoking, I definitely went through like a nine month period where I didn't write any music. I wasn't not, you know, I hadn't related it to that until many years later. I was like, I was just like, wow, I'm in a drought. I'm in a drought. And then suddenly I found the access, the music had to keep going. And the music changed for me after that. Like it was in a a different thing but it, I feel like I had to train myself to be able to access those places that can be opened up to when we go into these state changes um, I was like how, how do I do that through meditation how do I just bu build a muscle of relationship with these parts of me because it's my own mind you know it's like my own consciousness am I able and willing to do the work to be able to to train my ability to access those states by myself, you know, just as a, as an experiment of autonomy and, and sovereignty in this body. And just to see like, wow, what is my body capable of? What is my will capable of? And, um, and I feel like, you know, there's other ways to get also into flow states uh, that, 
you know, exercise is a good way to do it. Dance is a good way to do it. Toning is a good way to do it. Just singing, like just putting on some rhythm is a great way to do it. And those are, those are great ways for me to stay in the creativity. Uh, Cause those other things, while again, I think they can be helpful for some folks for me, it just made me depressed and, and socially awkward and weird. And then well, I didn't I think want to be socially awkward weirdo. I wanted to be happy. And like, we all want to be happy. People, most of us so. anyway. Yeah, no, I think I think that that's a that's a that's a really key point to me is that it's not necessary because a lot of people don't even realize that they think that's the only way, you know, mm-hmm. to access creativity, especially I think younger people more. But um, but that's great that you're an, you're an example of that. I think that that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think like because I you know young people they like for they like smoke a little weed and they're like they have all these crazy ideas and they're it's really creative it's really exciting I remember being young and smoking a little weed and being super interested in what was happening up in my mind and wanting to like get more of that it makes a lot of sense you know and mm-hmm. finally finally exploring the, the mystical woes but uh I feel like I'm I'm more creative now definitely yeah. and it's, I, I think it's much more sustainable too because you're not having to go to something outside of yourself yeah. yeah yeah it's just a and and it, i'm not engaged in things that are are making me more neurotic than i already am <laughs> right. well, that's that isn't what i was gonna i was gonna acquire <laughs> it feels like creativity this creativity you're talking about it requires accessing some level of stillness Right, mm. some level of presence that's deeper than the, just the surface level of the mind. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate with you? Um, sometimes I think it's accessing a stillness. Although I've had creative, I think that's like a beautiful story, and I think there's truth to it. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we're gonna access the stillness and and find the creative burst. And I and like I I think I would probably teach that in a workshop. But like, if I'm being honest, right now. Um, I, I've, I've had like wild furies of creativity that had nothing to do with stillness that just had to do with suddenly I'm just in it and there's no rhyme or reason. It's just suddenly a -hmm. chaos has descended upon me Mm -hmm. that has lit my soul on fire. And now I'm chasing it. It's like the opposite of stillness. It's like, it's anything but stillness. I can't be still while I'm in it, I like, I can't actually slow down. I'm like high on this song for a week. So I don't know how to describe that other than, than to say those, those moments feel like a miracle. And then the rest of the time I'm trying to just get still enough in myself to focus enough to have a deliberate decision that I'm going to pick up the guitar and do my practices. So I think there's Mm -hmm. like a way where stillness comes in to create structure and like presence. And then yeah, and then there's those other times that I just described that that it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I've, it's interesting because I always felt that stillness and you called the flow state earlier, like they seem like they're two different things, but they're actually like the same thing, just focused at a different aspect of it. Mm. So, so you gave me an insight actually you were talking. I'm like, I think what it actually is, it's like being undistracted. So like all of my attention is on whatever it's on. Mm-hmm. There's not, not even, you know, not even 5% is thinking about like, Oh, I, I'm so mad that that person said it to me earlier today or whatever. Like everything is just like in what you said, like you're fully in it, mm-hmm. you know? So to be fully in it, it's like, you're fully 
like you hear athletes talk about like being in the zone and it's like they're fully flowing with the moment but it's but there's also kind of this stillness at the same time it's like these two different they're, they're ob- obviously they're moving and doing things but and they're moving fast but mm. there's also this kind of stillness underneath it which creates the flow mm. but it's, i think i think the underlying it's just like all of their attention is tr- in the moment right i think that's what it is it's like your attention's totally in what you're doing wow yeah the attention it's the attention is totally there and there is something about yeah because that's not totally stillness but it's un it's like unwavering connection yeah i think people think of stillness they think of like you're just like you know that's not that's not how i'm seeing it i'm Mm -hmm. seeing it like the mind is quiet enough to just really hone in 100 percent on something yeah undistracted yeah undistractable yeah 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 totally yeah and do you feel like this creativity like it spills over into your life like you're just like you know you're you're there's a creativity that into how you live your life and your you know your relatings with people and your your decisions throughout the day i mean yes in so much that like my whole life is designed based on my kind of like creative process Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like all of my relationships are infused because it's the stories that I'm telling oh what did you do today oh well I'm doing all of this you know it's like part of my everyday discussion with my my closest kin so they're all in on it with me um (laughs) there's never there's never really a moment of where it's not affecting my life because it is my life my life has completely arisen from this uh intense chase (laughs) and and so it's the thing that i'm doing it's the thing that i'm training it's the thing that i'm reflecting on it's the thing that i'm resting from it's the it's the it's the thing that is living me all the time um and and so it's almost impossible to take perspective on on myself from a vantage point where it would where there's anything but that Mm-hmm. So you're, you're giving you're basically like giving yourself devoting yourself to the muse uh-huh. which is the creative energy which actually to me would be the source mm-hmm. and it's like it's like i like this term i use sometimes the universal creative intelligence I like you, that. Could also, you could also call god if you want to use that term um, the uci the uci the uci yeah and the so Uki. it's like you're you're devoted to like just having that live through you like every moment it feels like and it, yeah so so my relationships are part of that. My house is part mm-hmm. of that. Where I'm living, part of that. It's all a mirror. And beyond, like my re- my relationship to creativity, that's just like the place where I get to stoke. It's really like relationship to, like, what's my relationship to being alive? Yeah, to being <laughs> how's alive. This, to, to how's this essence. going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have an online course coming out, courting the muse. I have an online course coming up called Courting the Muse. It's seven weeks songwriting immersion. And this is the first time I've done this type of songwriting immersion um, that's open to everyone. And that is going to be exploring. Yeah, so the, a lot of the, some of the themes that we've talked about yep. today are going to weave in there. But yep. I'm going to look at unpacking songwriting process. Um, I'm going to be holding space in our workshops for us to write songs together. I'm going to be unpacking my songwriting process and I'm going to be 
poetically waxing on and on and on about the muse and creativity and inspiration. And I'm going to be asking fun questions and I'm going to um, be stirring the pot and adding ingredients and, and just uh, providing a space for all of us who are joining. And there's a gaggle of us so far at We're going to have a blast so that we can get up inside of the sound, like how to, and, and, and learn from each other because everybody else has, is going to bring in, their own unique vantage point to like, what is it to get inside of the song? What is it to get inside the note and know myself in this music? And so we're going to be doing that together, which, and it's perfect. We're starting on election day. So that'll be a fun way. Regardless, regardless of what happens, we'll be carrying the energy through the, um, the winter and just getting to relate to, to the mythos, to, to and i think it's going to be a fun way to wrap up the year mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, 2020 this prolifically strange uh, yes. year and how can we even even amidst great chaos and uncertainty even then how do we show up to the altar of creativity nice yeah whatever happens there'll be music to make about it right of course <laughs> there's, always, totally. there's always music to make about whatever's happening there's always music to make and just like mm -hmm. i think you know nourishing the, the soils of the tree of time again after it's been sprouting all kinds of strange fruit this season so we're gonna we're gonna come and and gather the harvest and and learn and and make a pie and just eat it down and go like that was what a what a life and 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 hopefully nourish ourselves so that we can continue to show up for this this great game of incarnation and do, do the best we can to have fun while we're here and learn learn and grow and be be a part of this school of earth and my hope is that people have an experience and an of of seeing themselves through courting the muse is getting to know themselves more and getting to cultivate a relationship with with the mystery and with divinity in a way that it feels we're taking this thing that that's out there creativity and like really marrying it with what's in here with which is our own unique uniqueness and and getting to to build that bridge of like oh yeah i am an idea i'm a space for the idea of creative life force to come through how can i become available to be um a vessel for consciousness to expand through and what does that mean and being in relation and like kind of being the hot seat with like how exciting that is <laughs> nice <laughs> I, I love that you the, you mentioned being unique and that's like one of the things that i really just again like really feel with you is there's there's no one else like you like you're a unique artist right and so I just think that that is part of when you're really accessing the authenticity of that muse, then there's, there's something unique. And it's, there's probably like, because in my own creative endeavors, there's, there's kind of can be this fear of like, well, you have to be like this person, you have to be like that, or that person's really popular, you have to try to be like them or be like them. But um, I just feel like you're really yourself, uniquely yourself. And that's, a, that's, a, that's an accomplishment in itself. So Congratulations on that. Thanks. You know, um, I've done plenty of, of aspiring and learning from imitating other artists that I thought were great. And I think that's a natural part of, of learning and of growing as in any kind of art. And then it's just like the like healthy, healthy stretching mm -hmm. what's possible yeah. Through, yeah. through mirroring and imitation and learning. And then, yeah. And yeah, I throw it all away. 
Yeah, eventually we just start playing jazz. So just like, cool. I figured I figured out that part and like that. And that's the funny thing about imitation is we can never really do it. We it's or, right. it's always us anyway. And so right. um, I think it's been a big surrender for me because I think I have felt for a long time like such like a weird little duck. I'm like, where do I fit in to the great yeah. cosmic song? I'm so obsessed right. with it. I want to find my note to sing. And it, that's the thing is like, well, I'm not going to find my note by. Um, in, like I can f discover myself in proximity to other notes. And I think that that's the magic of collaboration and of like being that we're all these vessels for the sound. It's like, oh yeah, of course I'm going to echo with all of the other notes that are here. And we do that for a while until we're just like, oh, okay, this is my note. And I get to change my note. My notes here over here right. now. Oh, now it's here. And it's like, right. it's still me. And so it's been, yeah. And I think an ongoing surrendering and, and relaxing and just, uncovering of 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 creative self and i feel like i i barely am scratching the surface of what's mine to create in this life i feel like i'm just just now figuring it out nice you have a, <laughs> and you have a, a new album that just came out right uh, my new album called Sapphire, which I love. I feel like I've been trying to write this album since I started writing music. And so it feels fun. And I feel like it's just finally cleared the way for the next thing, which next time we talk will be the thing. I'm like, this is what I was really trying to <laughs> right. do the whole time. Right. I feel like that's always the way it goes. I'm like, okay, that was just a thing I had to do to get to this one. Oh, okay. Now this one gave me the key, but it's really this one over here. And, um, but I'm, I, that being said, I really love Sapphire. I feel like me and my collaborator, Joshua Penman, really got to something beautiful and true that we're both really happy about and feels really good to be sharing it with the world. And um, definitely come check it out. There's an hour-long lyric video that accompanies it that um, Tessa made, my bestie Tessa. She made this amazing, prolific visual feast to accompany the video. It's glorious. Um, and it was, it's for me, it's like a, it's just been a fun way to share the soul of the music and like give, give it a realm to accompany, like getting to play in that multimedia. It's just like, oh yeah, it's going to be visual and color and sound and, and elemental. And we're going to put our, it's going to be fully, fully an experience of, of that muse. So I feel happy that we we did our version. We did the best we could to, to transmit, to transmit something. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I, I, I feel like the, uh, to me, like the, the, the most awakened consciousness is the one where you're accessing the essence and you're mm -hmm. able to express it in this world. Mm. You know? And to me, like that's, it's not, generally speaking for me it's not like the priest or the minister or whatever that realm is it's mm. the artist you know it's the artist that's really accessed that place and is able to like create from that place mm. um so that's why like for me like this podcast you could say is i don't even use the word spiritual all the time but you could you know it's about awakening of consciousness or it's about this presence but i find like a lot of people like to talk to are artists like you you know who are, who are really like accessing this and bringing it out into the world so Hmm. really grateful to um to connect with you um today and really grateful that you're in the world and sharing your your music and your light and your creativity and yeah, thanks brian yeah thanks so much yeah. for being here absolutely thank, thank all of you for being here yay have a wonderful day yeah. 
thank you for being a part of this amazing community. The Brian Piergrossi Podcast is produced by Brian Piergrossi. Assistant producer, Giovanni Piergrossi. Please subscribe and leave a review or comment on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. You can find me online on Facebook or Instagram. For personal sessions with me, contact me at thebigglow.com. That's T-H-E-B-I-G-G-L-O-W.com.